This is Infection, a survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, January the 11th, 2022, episode 365. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on various social media platforms by visiting my website, nickcraig.net. You can also check out my daily political antics and rantings by visiting nickcraig.com and downloading the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. And of course, arguably the most important website on the internet infectionpodcast.com Brian, it's funny 365 shows that would be if we yes. did a show every day for a full year, a year and that coincides actually funny enough that coincides with seven full years of the show which will be uh next week we started yeah. january the 20th 2015 so pretty funny how that all uh, who did think seven years later no more h1z1 really yeah, and, i mean uh, that's an understatement but yeah yeah i live uh <laughs> it's, i mean the company's away. practically gone too but uh, yeah but yeah a, bit, a lot of changes well first of all hey if you want to find me at brian aldridge on gavin parlor uh and whatever that new one is to get getter i, I created an account on you're you're on getter so, okay great i created an account yeah so but I, I followed people but i haven't seen i followed you that's only like non you know person i, I don't well, i mean know. i'm kind I'm of a, i'm kind of a yeah i'm kind of a kind of a big deal yeah, everyone else was whatever their suggestions were, and then I saw you on there, so you were my, oh, thank, my thank next you. real content. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll have to follow you back. Yeah, no problem. But if you will also, if you want to find us, as Nick said, just go to infectionpodcast.com. On the right-hand side, join our server on Discord. If you do that, it's a really nice free app. Uh, there's a web-based app. There's a mobile one. There's a desktop one. Uh, very lightweight, and they, they seem to work very well. And uh, if you want to get a notification, you can either subscribe to us on uh on well we have discord you could go on there we do notifications every week but also we have our steam and if you uh, put a notification on there sometimes it goes i don't know maybe it goes for other people other places we have our video forms of the podcast that's bit shoot uh youtube uh, twitch and uh, d live and if you go on there we do some of those live Bingo, boom, shaka, shaka. that we uh, record after the fact and upload so uh so you can go check out those in the past um but also if you're going to uh listen to it just go to the lower right hand side pick out the platform and device that you want to use and there's a lot of ways to listen but those are all recorded and uploaded so you won't be able to listen to those ones live uh, but if you are listening i encourage you to go to the particular episode that you're going to be listening to and follow along because we've got uh, links and uh, videos and everything that goes uh with everything that we discussed during the particular episode so if you do that that probably will help to uh, add to your experience and then also we have the support in the support uh infectionpodcast.com for support the support menu option up top and uh you know see prime gaming subs everything that kind of comes through here so yes and i do want to thank our friend green man cartoon you probably just heard hitting us up with the tier one resubscription here 47 months thank you very much yes. green man it is greatly appreciated um all right, Brian. Well, we've got a a, a couple of di- a couple well, a bunch of news to get into, but a couple of different things to start off. Mm-hmm. And I I kind I think I want to start off with E3, um, which is one of the largest um, conventions of the year that takes place. It's one of the big places where um, different developers and studios show up 
to announce their new projects. Um, you know, Bethesda has always had a big E3. They've been one of the most sought after in recent yep. years. Companies like Sony and Microsoft has have dipped out. Nintendo's been out of it for quite some time. But all in all, in terms of a uh, large trade event, it was one of the largest in the uh, video game industry. And yes. unfortunately, once more, Brian, it is going to be all digital. Um, even after CES just wrapped up this past week in person in Las Vegas, um, E3 yep. has announced that due to surging cases of COVID-19 two years into the pandemic and with over 75% of the population vaccinated and somehow the highest case counts every single day. It's amazing how that works um, that they're, uh, they're going to be moving to virtual only for this year's uh, E3 press event and everything else, which I think is a big blow to the gaming industry. Yeah. And I also think that this is something, I mean, this was like one of the big ones for a while. There was, I mean, a ton of, ton of announcements that came out of it. So I think for this, if they can't get a handle on this, I think once these things start coming back to being live and in person, I, it might change up the whole demographic of what we consider, you know, the top dogs in, in the trade shows. And because mm. it, it's changed since COVID started. I mean, some of these have just become shells and almost disappeared because of conflict with the with the various trade shows and things. I think for this, it, it, the ones that come back will be the ones that say, "All right, you know, we're we're fine with everybody meeting." You know, it, it'd be interesting to see if it changes where locations are. I just I, there's so much of them sitting here pushing this off, pushing this off. Next year, I can't imagine them doing this again, or else these things are going to be dead. You, you have to have a track record or else you lose all those repeat customers, the people that say, oh, well, I have a booth every year, so I'm going to go. Once you have three years in a row, they're not accounting for that in their finances anymore. They're not, you know, mm. it's like there's a lot of, there's a lot of headaches that they're going to run into to try to get this ball rolling with budgets and everything else because three years in and with all the drastic changes that companies have made to their budgets based on COVID, I don't know that we'll have the same kind of, even if they took away COVID today, um, I don't know that next year we'd have the same ones. I think there's just too much up in the air and it'll take years for these things to kind of settle down and have one probably be the big one again. Yeah. And it's also interesting to note that um, there is the summer game fest, their website just popped up mm -hmm. uh, SummerGameFest.com. They do say that it's returning in 2022. It does not indicate whether it's going to be in person it doesn't really say um it says see you in 22 2022 but who knows what that yeah, really means exactly um so not sure precisely what that's going to be it does indicate that that's going to be digital live streams um but i don't know if there's going to be any sort of in person or anything even with just the you know are, are there is there going to be a stage and are people going to be doing the presentations and just no crowd it is definitely going to be streamed um, but how all that's going to go down is is very interesting as we see uh, this whole industry kind of erode away, uh, Brian. Yeah. It's funny, though, because when you look at different industries, you see how they handle it very differently. The gaming industry yeah. seems to be constantly running with their tail between their legs with these events. Um, and on the other side, you look at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, which, again, just wrapped up 
earlier this week, I think I think it wrapped up either yesterday or not. Yeah, yeah maybe it wrapped recent. up yesterday. Um, that just happened. And that was an in-person yep. event that took place in in Vegas. Um, yep. So or maybe it was last week, whenever it was. But it's interesting to see how different groups and how different um, things are and how different uh, different industries are going about handling these events. Um, I think there's a, a lot to take away from that, but I think it's. I think it's unfortunate. I love that you put in here. I, I read this article during the week. Um, I, yeah. I saw it. I didn't have a chance to. Um, I didn't throw it in the show notes. But an article over at PC Gamer by Frasher Brown, who I guess is um, doesn't agree with having fun or doing anything fun. Um, he's got an article over at PC Gamer headlined E3 should never be in person again. What is your initial okay. impression to just that headline, Brian? And then we'll get a little bit into the article. Well, first of all, this is something that if you would have five years ago said, tell us what you think about E3, they said, oh, this is, they would have poured all over it. And it's, it's what's so crazy to me is that they, just because they feel like they have to follow some sort of a uniform, let's never see anything negative about something that's doing something positive for what they view as positive for COVID preventing covid or whatever is is a great thing and this is another example of that they'll say anything is good as long as it fits their little thing that they're trying to push everybody to believe they want to believe everybody believe that okay you know everything that's happening is great because you know it's saving lives okay well is it at what point is it not you know if, uh, they're they're so brainwashed into just agreeing with whatever follows that mantra that they'll say it's just so silly because years ago they would have said the exact opposite and the only thing that's different is the pandemic. Well, once that's what, you know, once this is to the level of the flu, right? Because that's, there's been previous pandemics and those things are not things that we sit there and worry about every day anymore. So I love so I, this. So talking about it in the article, a couple paragraphs in, he says, so what's the appeal of an in-person E3? And obviously this individual either doesn't like the socializer or is just a loser. Um, yeah. The expensive booths. Well, that's on the companies. And companies market and spend money on advertising. And the convention. So, I mean, that's the convention. They they set the price on those booths. Yeah, it's it's an industry event. So it's you so as that a you can have the event. Yeah, exactly. Or a lot of the yeah, because cost. it costs a lot of money to rent out a fucking convention center. You don't just rent out a convention yeah. center for you know a whole square block of Seattle is not yeah. cheap. Yeah, no, it's tens of thousands of dollars. It's a very, very expensive thing. My hundreds of thousands. I don't even know what it costs. Yeah, I mean per it's, room. Per, I mean per section. I mean you're good. You're just getting the whole thing. Yeah. Who knows how much they did? They, you know they could do a, a huge dollar amount. I'm not even going to guess yeah. what their convention fees for the whole place. So the the expensive booths, the massive competition for attendance. That's the it's yeah. the same thing. So if under this thing, maybe we should get rid of concerts, Brian. Because concerts are the same yeah, thing. Because I mean, example, if everybody wants to go, that means you shouldn't do them, right? Well, I bought tickets to the Foo Fighters That's what concert. He's yeah, I bought tickets to the Foo Fighter concert in Raleigh in the summer. That was that was very competitive. I had to sit in a queue and get it. It was competitive because a lot of people wanted to yep. go. So maybe we need to get rid of concerts and, and movies and, and everything. I know this that is has... written by PC Gamer. You know the whole thing. This is the whole kind of gaming, trying to get to get a ticket. That's kind of a game to some people, like getting in there, getting yeah, you know, getting ac access to everything. Like it's totally opposite of what they supposedly are saying. You know, going out and doing these in person things that used to be part of what made you a gamer. Going and getting the you know the name these these badges the and all of this and yeah and having the lanyards just doing everything like that was part 
of being kind of a nerdy gamer. And now they're saying, oh, that was bad. You know, trying to be, you know, someone who has this collectible or had that, that was able to make it to this convention or to do whatever that used to be praised in our circle. And now it's, they're sitting there saying it's a bad thing. And the third is the travel costs, which, yes, I agree, can be a little bit expensive. And all of that is off-putting. This is my favorite part, Brian. For developers on a tight budget, which if you're on a tight budget and you're a developer, well, then you need to either team up with a bunch of other little developers or just mm -hmm. don't go. It's, it's expensive as to that. sit there and make games and not have a normal yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. For developers on a tight budget or with disabilities, the previous E3s have been wheelchair accessible but even travel can be challenged for a prospective exhibitor who suffers from chronic, chronic pain or other issues. It might not be an option. So if I'm understanding this jackass over at PC Gamer, the reason E3 should never be in person is because of disabled people. A very small portion of the public is the reason that you should not have the entire fucking convention. Is that, uh, that's literally well, what this guy, this this retard over at E3, at, at, over at PC Gamer is saying. Because of disabled well, it, people? What the hell is this guy yeah. talking about? Well, and <laughs> have, I mean, look at, look at the conventions that we've gone to. If you look at them, they were some of the most accessible. I mean, they've yes. got elevators to every floor. they got people that will work with you. There's people going around in electric wheelchairs, uh, push wheelchairs. We've seen plenty of there's, people in wheelchairs, and they don't seem to have a problem. They seem to love it. sitting there going through this place uh I, I just don't see how they could accommodate the gaming community especially today has bent over backward and gone even farther than that to try to appease people that have a struggle to get into the gaming community especially if you go to the convention uh they've really embraced every kind of initial you can have like they've done everything for anyone that they feel is the word is marginalized if they feel anybody's marginalized they will embrace you and pull you in it's just like they give the, you your own they'll they're... give you your own special space right in the convention you center could get, you could even go yeah they'll you have your own special area there you can go up and uh you know most of the talks are about that i mean come on tell me you're telling me that people that with special that have anything that you consider special needs or that has any of this that I, they've accommodated in every way possible every way i just it's it's silly to me that they're now bashing conventions which they love so well and the most ironic part in all of this of course being the fact that at e3 all of the press events all of the announcements and everything are also live streamed so even if you are somebody that has chronic pain yeah. which whatever the hell that means um yep and you don't feel comfortable going or you can't feasibly get there. And it is expensive. I mean, it's very expensive. Brian and I have come out of our pockets, probably combined at these shows. We're, we're, Brian, you and I are out combined total thousands of dollars yeah. for these conventions. Yep. It is expensive. But guess what it also is too, Brian? A lot of freaking fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's yep. a lot of fun. And not anywhere in this article by Fraser Brown over at PC Gamer does it mention anything about the in, uh, people that have fun, the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands that enjoy of it. people that enjoy it and make it their vacation, bring their kids and have a great family. You know, we've seen, Brian, how many families have we seen? You've got the mother and father and a couple of kids walking around the convention yep. center. They're all having a grand old freaking time. And I guess, again, yep. Fraser Brown over at PC Gamer just is incapable of having fun. He's from the UK, so maybe that explains a little well, bit. Well, here, um, just, <laughs> just can't have any fun. 
I want to read his kind of his closing quote here. Sure. Because this is how he kind of wraps it all up. Gaming is now so distributed and complex. It doesn't seem that much more complex than it was 10 years ago. But hey, Um, (laughs) and it's no longer served well by a big centralized event. (laughs) A3 has simply outlived its usefulness. It had a good run, at least. And I'm sure it'll kick around for a bit longer, even if it's not as relevant as it once was. You know, it's, it's saying the name still does have weight. I just, what's he talking about? The gaming is now so complex. What's more complex about gaming now? We have the ability to communicate with each other. We have message forums. We have commu- chat for games. This is, it, it's not complex. Like you, it, you have the easiest time playing and communicating online, especially in games than you've ever had in your whole life. And you're telling me it's now so distributed and complex. This guy it being distributed, our communications has brought everything together. I just you it could, still makes no sense. It argument. makes no, it makes no sense. And again, concerts. If we just take this guy's rationale, concerts should be no more because there's scarcity mm-hmm. and things of that nature, and they're expensive. There should be no football games, no baseball games, no basketball games. Nothing. You shouldn't be able to do anything that is fun or anything that has any sort of centralized location. Everything should be digital. And I guess this is all part of this. Uh, this 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 uh, projection here from uh, individuals, Brian, that everything needs to be digital and, you know, you don't want to travel to anything. By the way, this guy's never had to deal with scarcity of getting into an event. He works for PC Gamer. He can just yeah. contact the thing and say, hey, I work for PC Gamer, and then he can walk around and get special access to everything, not have to wait in any lines like anybody else, gets paid to go out there, gets paid to cover the event. This jackass doesn't know anything. And I just... Yeah. I. I Normally, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of PC Gamer, Brian. But Jesus, as of late, some of this stuff has been Tons so of opinion pieces. freaking. It's but here's the thing: I'm okay with an opinion piece, but once in a while, but it's not even. But an opinion piece should have at least a. I'm an opinion. My job is to be opinionated. I literally get paid yeah, to spew my opinion for three hours a day. But I. Yep. And, and, and I do this all the time. I ask people, I ask my bosses, I ask people to listen to my show. I want to make sure that when I'm giving my opinion on something that I give the listener the a full rounded explanation of what is going on and then my opinion. And that's exactly what this article is missing. It mentions none of the good things that come out of E3, none of the good networking opportunity. Can you imagine the amount of people that have received jobs from going to E3 as maybe a programmer and going up yep. to a developer, Meeting going somebody, up to a studio and shaking card. somebody's hand, getting their business card, and then potentially yep. landing a job? Those are things that you don't do, Brian, in a Twitch chat when people are posting swastikas and try hard in the Twitch chat. Yep. You don't get that networking opportunity or ability. You don't get that when you have a virtual-only event. And that's just one one of the little things, one of the little things that happens at these events. So I just, I just cannot wrap my head around this in any way, shape, or form. This is just, it's just so disingenuous. Yeah. It's not a well-rounded well, if, explanation if, of what these events think, are. And it's a total well, takedown for no reason. And I think what there really is about, I mean, you can have an opinion on it or not, but in my opinion, the co- the vaccines are not working. I mean, you go look at statistics, don't yell at me. Uh, and you know, they're just trying to do everything they can to continue saying, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, we don't want to, we don't need to do these. We don't want to do these. 
uh, the other things are bad, you know, but the, I promise you if the vac vaccines were successful and everyone who was vaccinated was not contracting the virus, that's what it's supposed to do um, or prevent you from spreading it. Right. Uh, if that were working, they'd be talking praises and saying nothing but, hey, you need to get out to these conventions. You need to be down there. It has nothing to do with what it is. It has everything to do with what they're trying to push on the economy and push on people. It's, it's all central thinking, trying to get everybody to think the same thing. It's just crazy. I mean, that's just yeah. that's what I read out of it. He's trying to get everybody to have a, a central mindset so you don't get so angry about things that you're missing out because of COVID. Yeah. Very unfortunate to see from PC Gamer. Um, the article will be in yeah. the show notes if you want to uh, muster up some time to read through. And again, being somebody that's attended a couple of these shows, I'm mm -hmm. I've had a very different experience that is then comes across on this article. And I just to me, it just seems like total BS. Yeah. So uh, no in-person E3 this year. Not surprising, but hopefully we'll still get some uh, some big announcements coming uh, coming out of it. Uh, this was an interesting story, Brian. This made uh, some national news here this morning. Uh, we talked yeah. about Pokemon Go. We haven't talked about it in quite some time. And a Los Angeles County uh, police officer is getting fired for ignoring a robbery call so that he could play Pokemon Go. Now, this happened all the way back in 2017, which obviously was a very different time. Um, yeah. It's when two officers were on foot patrol, and during their patrol, they received a call for backup to handle an active robbery with multiple suspects at a nearby mall. But instead of coming to help, they left the scene with their sergeant. Uh, they left the scene. When their sergeant asked them about their failure to respond to the call, they claimed that they hadn't heard it because there was a lot of music and it was really loud in the park where they were patrolling. The sergeant let it drop at first, but then soon reconsidered that this was a more serious situation. Uh, than emulating Pokemon Go in your PC after all. He decided to take a look at the digital in-car video system, which recorded the officer's actions while they were in their vehicle. And that's where they were very wrong for the Pokemon cops. The video revealed that they were, in fact, parked very close to the mall where the robbery call came in, and that they not only heard the call, but discussed whether or not they should answer it. And then they radioed in to say that they were at a different location to just not respond to the call for backup. And it turns out, well, Brian, they were playing Pokemon Go. They A Snorlax appeared, which was a sought-after Pokemon in the game, and they spent about mm -hmm. 20 minutes driving around L.A. talking about Pokemon and pursuing the Snorlax, during which time uh, a Tajik also appeared, and after catching the oh. Snorlax, they agreed to go after the next object as well. So, Oh, well. <laughs> so uh, the uh po 2017 is a very different different time uh but i i mean it's not funny but it is kind of funny that two guys are now going to get fired for an incident that occurred in april of 2017 over pokemon pokemon yes yeah, i and it's all well deserved but you know once you get you gotta think they're hitting call after call after call i mean they're numb to it you know, it's just another thing to them. Let's say, hey, yeah, let's, yeah. let's go do this instead. It's not a person's life anymore. Once you're you're so numb to sitting there and yeah. dealing with it. I mean, you got to think how much they have in L.A. Tons and tons of that. Of yeah. All every well, day. I, robberies. I, when I first read the headline, I assumed it was a recent story. And my initial impression was, well, this is a good thing. They don't want police to respond to anything. So the police are instead playing Pokemon Go. But then once I realized it was 2017, it it changed. Yeah, they're bit. supposed to go everywhere. Um, but Green Man oh, Cartoons so in the chat 
says, but they got the Snorlax, so who's the real winner? Well, I'd make the argument that they're probably the real winner because well, they they got the Snorlax. They got it on their account now, right? There you go. But yeah, I mean that's all. They'll have to go. They have to go put their account on eBay because they're going to lose their pension and uh, and their job. <laughs> they got the Snorlax. So there. Okay, so we haven't covered much about Twitch lately. Uh, yeah, and up? one of the main Twitch streamers, uh, she is now well, she's queen of the hot tub streams. But she has also now purchased an inflatable pool toy company. So Amaranth is now, I mean, th this is the thing to do because she's probably very business savvy because you look at how she runs her channel. She knows how to make money, right? Uh, she hides that she's married because she knows yeah, the sorry. audience she's playing to. I mean, just all these things that she does, it's all business to her. This is another thing. She says that she bought a inflatable pool toy company, which she has an inflatable pool in her set, right? So. She can sit there and promote her company while she's streaming and making money, you know, doing pornography. Uh, you know, it's quite Allegedly. the Twitch win-win. Uh, excuse me. Allegedly. She's just, she's just chatting. Just chatting with people. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, Thank private you. video chat. Whatever. I mean, you know, whatever Twitch they do. But this is, I mean, this is the kind of thing that they're promoting on Twitch now. But here's the thing. It's a good move on her part would be my guess because... Not only will she own this company, Brian, this is a big move for influencers, them getting into yeah. brands and products. If you're yep. a large enough influencer, imagine how many, by the way, I'm sure many of the uh, individuals that watch her on stream probably don't, aren't probably in the uh, best condition inflatable to be swimming market. anyway. Well, no, but it's, all, it's not just inflatable tool uh, and pools. It's, it's, a, it's a toy company. So the people that make the floats and yeah. the, the things like that. So Consumer I assume most- pool paraphernalia accessories I, and inflatable toy products yeah and then propane and propane accessories um <laughs> so I, I assume many of the folks most of the folks watching her probably are not suitable to even be in a pool with a float um but for the for those that are brian and fit whatever the ramifications that was required you know you're a big uh you're a big amaranth fan go out and buy a 25 dollar uh pool toy pool float that's uh got amaranth's name on it and you're good to go. If you can well, this, fit in a yeah, pool a, and fit in a pool float, which was kind of what I was <laughs> was leading to, many of our audience probably would sink to the bottom in a pool float. But well, you know, what this, are you going to do? Well, and the company, it's, if you look, like this company, this she says it makes about $15 million a year in revenue. So, and then she says, you know, it's gone down because of the pandemic because I guess people aren't going out to public pools and maybe going out in the lake as much uh, and as often. But she's definitely using her money wisely so that she'll be well off. And, and plus, get diversing out of advertising on Twitch is probably one of the wisest things. Uh, if, you, if you look at, at how Twitch advertising and everything's kind of been up and down, especially for her. She was one of the first people she got banned for a bit, mm -hmm. had issues. I mean, they, you know, it pops up in the news about her every couple months, something happening better to while she's while the money's coming in diverse because as you've seen platforms make changes where they don't allow certain things happening anymore there's a lot of issues that can happen and and the other interesting thing to note to note here and and this is not a new move but this it, streaming on Twitch and making YouTube videos for most is not a career for the rest of your life you're going to get yeah. in you're going to have a short window now the definition of a short window you know it varies on the individual but it, you have a short window to make a lot of cash and some of these people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars a month 
Now that's not yep. per, that's not forever. They won't be doing that for the next 30 years, but then you turn around and invest that into something else and now you don't have to work ever again once your um, you know days of streaming on Twitch or making YouTube videos are, are gone. And that's a trend that you're seeing with more of the savvy influencers. Uh, early on, T-Mart was one of the big YouTubers that did it. Uh, Woody's Gamertag was another one that did it. Jericho, another YouTuber, mm-hmm. Twitch streamer. These guys uh, branched out and started doing other things. Yep. And now they don't. Now Investing they all in, of them, in companies, companies, video game building companies. companies. Yeah. Dr. Disrespect's doing the same thing. He's building a video game YouTube page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a green man's doing. And, and I mean, that's, that's the thing you got to do. And I think a lot of this kind of upheaval in so many markets, uh, the video game industry, especially is making people realize well, you can't rely on Twitch bringing your lifetime of income. Yeah, you know, there's people that have been banned from Twitch. Uh, you know, there's people jumping back and forth between YouTube and Twitch. It's just, there's a lot of, of people. And I think that for this, these kind of, of people who have that money now, just invest it. Because here, five years from now, is she still going to be streaming? You never know. Uh, you know, it might be some scandal happens and she's out. I mean, there's lots of things that can happen. Exactly. So, uh, interesting to see her and, and many others. She's not alone making this shift and, um, uh, I guess divest invest or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking Diversify. for? Diversify. Diversifying their portfolio. Precisely, Brian. Yeah. That's, that's what I was looking for. So, uh, and here I got, do, do you want to go with some more random or do you want to go on to a certain topic? I don't care. Whatever you want to do. You're, 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 you're in charge here. All right, let, let's go ahead. Uh, let's go ahead and jump down and talk a little bit. We'll catch up on some past topics. So Activision Blizzard, just let's catch up on some things that have happened sure. in the past week. There's still a train wreck happening there. The company is still slowly falling apart. Uh, and the California DFEH appeals court has denied to intervene into this case, uh, into that Activision Blizzard settlement. So, uh, you Good. Know, so they're not going to get involved. Um, also, we've got, People leaving the company, uh, senior game designer for World of Warcraft, Johnny Cash, has left recently, uh, and uh, he had been there for quite some time. And a lot of this, you know, some of it could be, but he's not that old. Honestly, he's he's not. There's, I don't, looks, he's not at a retirement age. Hey, I don't looks think. like it. Looks like a young guy. Looks like he's in his late thirties, maybe early thirties. Forties, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, so I mean, for him, he's going off to do something else. I think that there's just so much, so many issues that people that don't want to deal with all the drama are just like, I'm out. Because I probably feel like he's, you know, if you wanted to stay and deal with all that and be in that drama, you would. Uh, I think a lot of the people that just want to go and help make a cool game are leaving. Because it's really, it doesn't feel like it's about that at the moment. Well, and for World of Warcraft, let's be honest. I mean, I'm sure that fire, that that, that enthusiasm is probably... Oh yeah, sailed. I mean the it's there's the, the whole em- enthusiasm of the game has dwindled quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, another thing, Raven Software. So those are the people that make what Call of Duty. Is that right? Mm-hmm. They, they're more the Call of Duty developers. Yep. They're striking for the third week because of uh, they claim that you know it, it says third week as Activision Blizzard claims that they're listening. You know, so they're, you know, of course they got to put a little bias here. They've been a- answering and making changes and things, but of course you know according to uh, Ryder. They're not, but this is three weeks in a row for that. So that's, it was all, you know, we're looking at Blizzard stuff. Now the Activision side is having non-work as well. And it's the same, com- it's that ABK, a better ABK, ABK Workers Alliance. Um, just trying to 
it seems like they're trying to dismantle the company from the inside is what it really feels like they're trying to do. Well, that's, uh, that's the, uh, that's the old SpongeBob quote, right? Dismantle it from the inside <laughs> out. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I've said this before. I do not see a situation in which Activision and Blizzard don't split back up. Yeah. I just, well, and it. here also, and here's another one. So PC gamer, of course, wrote an article today talking about it? how no, no, not uh, the same guy, Tyler wild, Tyler wild, different person. How Blizzard failed the women who worked for it, according to three who left. What about the CEO you know, and, that and they these, promoted, the woman that they promoted to run the company, and then she left? Who left, yeah. Yeah, three months in. Didn't, what yeah, about her? She, did she fail the women that worked there, too? Well, I mean, if, yeah, if you really look at it, she did, because that who would be the person most encouraged to make change in the company? Would be the person affected by it, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're not. Uh, so there's also some, some fallout happening from companies that have, uh, deals with with uh, Blizzard for this case. Lego is now pausing their Overwatch 2 toy set because of all the conflict going with Blizzard. Jesus. So they're not even going to put their product out under for Overwatch 2 because of the scandal. So Damn. Uh, you know, and this and this this is uh, you know this is their over, I think Overwatch 2 Titan or whatever it's called. It's you know it's a decent little box set. Um, so they're saying release delayed, but I'm assuming they're waiting for people to kind of get over it. I, I would assume the same. And I find that interesting, Brian, because um, I want to shift gears a little bit here to Microsoft because Phil Spencer yep. uh, earlier this week, uh, they he was asked about this as many other large companies. Sony's been asked about it and many other companies. And he essentially said that, I mean, uh, he said a couple of things about it, but his whole point was, you know, it, 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 I took away was it's not really our problem. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, what I took he's away. talking that's, about. He was talking about more like well, more it, about directly Xbox. And, you know, again, they want to say, well, what is your relationship with Activision? And yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, in here, you know, because they're trying to prevent a Gamergate, you know, the whole Gamergate thing. Of course. Yeah. 2012 um, or twenty. 14 yeah, and, all over again yeah and here they say like they said they, they it was using anonymity for evil reasons uh you know protecting people's identities uh, you know my spencer he said he said here in a quote we are not a free speech platform so they pretty much you know you, know, you don't have the right to say whatever you want on their platform which is true uh they're you know they had the right to set the standard um but they said you know for their so what they consider their social network they don't consider it a free speech platform. So, you, you know, you're not going to be able to go there and say whatever you want, which is which is expected. Just like in a job, when you go somewhere, you can't say whatever you want. There are restrictions on what's acceptable to not get fired, like in a community where you could get kicked out. Um, you know, he does this to get, there's the full interview. I would encourage people to go check out the full interview of this. If In the well, article that we linked, actually, I'll yeah, put a copy of that and, as well for people that want to read the whole thing. And, and this is the quote I was looking for. He said... This was him. I believe he spoke with the New York Times, a wonderful, illustrious publication. He said, the work we do specifically with a partner like Activision is something that obviously I'm not going to talk about publicly. We have changed how we do certain things with them, and they're aware of that. But I also, but this isn't about for us. As, this isn't about us as far as it is Xbox. Virtue shaming other companies. Xbox's history is not spotless. And that was the quote I was looking for because that is precisely what I'm glad Philip Spencer said. 
all of these individuals, all of these companies throwing stones and they're throwing shaded yeah, activism. They're pointing and pointing here, pointing there. Oh, look at those guys. Shame on them. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's complete and utter nonsense. And I give Philip Spencer over at Xbox a huge prop for saying, this, isn't, this is not Microsoft. This is not Xbox's place to virtue shame another company. We've got our own issues. We've had our own issues as every company ever has had from the best companies in the world to the worst companies in the world. And I just, I'm, I'm glad that he said that it's not, it's not our, it's Xbox should not be virtue, virtue shaming other companies, which is great. They shouldn't be. No, no company should be. And I did put a full link to that article if you want to see, because this, these are some things that he's discussed in a, a much longer, broader uh, article and so we have a link to that that he wrote um about the metaverse but he talks about a lot of these things in it uh here let's talk about some other things that he did say because there's a he made a lot of quotes this week yeah it's a big uh, big article people noticed yeah so first of all he wants for oh well we could talk about see there's an article in here that discusses how why the game pass was renamed we have discussed that in here uh if you want to read more into microsoft's actual actual explanation a lot of it for them claiming that the confusion was, you know, Xbox Game Pass for PC confused people because they're like, do I need an Xbox? For yeah, people who are in the gaming, that is a real thing. Um, Xbox is a specific device on a platform. Uh, it is not the platform now. No, It's no longer the platform. And so I think that, you know, that does clear up. Uh, you know, there's no sinister or anything weird happening in the background. They just wanted to take the word Xbox out, which kind of, confirms some of the things that we've been saying here of moving forward with the game pass that being their primary thing the platform being the primary thing and not so much those hardware devices because those things are as they found difficult to get out when the world's not working exactly as it's as we're used to yeah uh and then he did he talks about uh bands for players and how he feels like those should follow players around and i'm not sure if you have a real opinion on this because depending on what you're banning for you know, you, it's kind of like what they do in China with the whole uh, what the credit social score credit score, yeah, a social credit score system. In gaming, it would be the same thing. We kind of have it with Steam. I mean, if you have a back band, back band that covers yeah. a lot of games on your on your account, you have the ability to create a new account and not have that back band anymore, right? But um, this right here, he wants it to follow you everywhere, so that you so, have a central ID that then has all of your record on it. I've got two, I've got thoughts on both sides of it and I don't necessarily have, I don't think I have an opinion one way or the, I do have an opinion uh, as always, but um, the VAC system is for cheating from what I understand. Yes. It is not for harassment and things of that nature. I don't think I could be wrong. So for, blatant cheating i don't think it's a bad idea now this would be more incumbent upon the anti-cheat companies to develop some sort of ban list and share like for example easy anti-cheat or whatever should you know identify a user and say okay this user has been banned across all platforms right yes similar to what a vac ban would be now where it gets hairy brian is okay you said some stuff, maybe you said some mean words. I, I don't think anybody would ever do this, but maybe you said some mean words to somebody on the internet and you get banned from a game and now you're banned from playing everything 
because somebody got butthurt over something that you said. That I'm absolutely 100% against. For serial offenders of cheating, there might be something there. I am just concerned that it would start as similar to the VAC system where it's for banning and for things of that nature for cheating. And then it turns into let's ban people that, you know, may have said something mean on call of duty, you know, called somebody a gamer word on call of duty. And now they can't play any online. They can't play hundreds of online games that they may have purchased that I'm absolutely not going to sign off on. Um, It is an interesting concept though. My problem with this though is where it leads. And for me, it goes to where you're going to have to have some sort of a verified ID account online that locks to you. That's the only way they'd be able to enforce it. And I don't know that I want to have an account because this is what they've been pushing for. Remember some of the articles, other articles we covered in the past month, two months. There's one I remember that was kind of talking about this, having some sort of a you know universal online identity so that then they could, you know, verify that you have, you know, we're going to verify your age, verify these, but this would be one of the things that they would use it for is, okay, that idea is locked to you. Now they can see what you have access to and what you don't have access to. I'd rather have, because if you do it at the vendor level, let's say all of these, these anti-cheat companies start sharing information. What are they really sharing? They don't really have machine, anything. It, it Once that be, person be machine ID and all that something spoof. like that. But that's spoofed anyways in most of the anti-cheats. So most of it's irrelevant anyways. The only way they're going to truly make this work, which is the reason I don't like it, is because they're going to have to go with a system where you verify your identity and it's truly locked to you. Hmm. They're doing that that creates a whole verified identity. I just it put it goes down a road that I know they want to go down that really scares me because I see where it's going. Universal ID, I just don't feel like it. No, I I don't agree with that either. And it sounds like maybe the first step here, Brian, is that maybe Microsoft just needs to do this internally for them, yeah. so that make it so you, that for all of your anti cheat on a whole, the whole Xbox platform is a unified band, similar to VAC. That would cover a, that. And, that's similar to VAC. Each one can have their own if they want to start sharing that. But I, the, the standards have to be the same. You can't have where one system is like, oh, they said something hurtful. Now you're banned across everything. They'd have to come up with so many standards and expectations is exactly how this thing works to make it go forward otherwise you, you'll have you know one company out of california that's banning people for saying words that offend them and then you'll have texas who bans you know if you threaten somebody's life they'll ban you well are those the same thing you hurt somebody's yeah. feelings over here you threaten somebody's life over here but you get the exact same ban of the system that's where it would end up going they have to come up with a set of standards of who's going to be able to you know submit bans and what's the standard to be able to get on that list? So with that all being said, I think in a perfect world, something like that could be very useful. But knowing yep. how a system like that will be abused and knowing how yep. there will not be uh, the policing of it will probably not be, I'll borrow one of their words, Brian, fair and equitable. Um, yep. I don't think that a system like this would be good for gaming at all. So that's why I said I kind of have, I yep. can see both sides of it. But I imagine this would just become nothing more than a total witch hunt against individuals yep. who, uh, you know, may say a gamer word or two online and they find themselves locked out of every single game that they own, which, of course, would be uh, infuriating, to say the least. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and what? Okay. So one final thing that kind of got noticed is him talking about how the Game Pass isn't supposed to replace game sales. And I think that I don't. I mean, kind of. But Netflix has really replaced purchasing of movies, right? It has. And, uh, and there's really not. There's not a market for people going out and purchasing DVDs like there used to be. But see, I think there's an interesting thing to note here. Unless you're weird, mm-hmm. how many times do you watch a movie? Once, maybe I watched twice. It. Yes. Yeah. That's your average now, it, person. Now, if it's a classic, like for example, every Christmas you watch Frosty and Rudolph and all that stuff. But for a yeah. movie, you watch it once, maybe twice if you're really, really into it. So for the Netflix approach kind of works because you go and you stream a movie and then when it disappears from the catalog, you probably don't ever notice it because you don't really care. You've already seen it. You've already seen it. But it's so much different with video games because you can, you know, I can go out to my living room right now, Brian, turn on my, well, my Xbox 360 is not hooked up. Well, maybe it is. I can turn on my Xbox 360 and pop in a game that I purchased, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so that's where it's a little bit different and I'm not, I don't disagree with you on, on your Netflix analogy, but the more longevity, you know, how many times do you just play a video game once? And when I say once, I don't mean just beat it. A lot of these games you completely play for like five, 10 minutes. And then you're like, either you you like it or you don't. I mean, there's one, they either have me for five minutes or they, you know, they have me for days. And there's a lot of games that have a forever ongoingness skyrim fallout grand theft auto red dead redemption you can play these games you can complete the campaign and play the game for years people in skyrim are still playing off of year old saves yeah because it's just fun to go around and do whatever um so it's a little bit different with gaming and that and that's why i i do agree with him that it can't necessarily completely replace gaming unless now for fortunately for microsoft they've got so many good internal ips with the purchase of bethesda that they don't have to worry about this but as i've mentioned you're in the middle of a campaign on some game on game pass and then you wake up one day and you know the month is the calendar switched over and the game is gone that's got to be pretty freaking frustrating well okay but here's here's one other correlation that i can kind of see is the person that's really dedicated let's say they're a super fan of that movie Right or or whatever the, the the thing that they're they're enjoying, they're gonna go out and buy the director's cut. They're gonna go get. They're gonna buy a version of that movie, even if it is on Netflix, because they're a fan of it. And maybe they want to have the enhanced edition. Uh, I think that's still that's more like the person in the video game, who, for instance, my wife she she really likes that Sniper Elite game. Well, she owns it, even though it's on Game Pass, because there's various things that she gets for owning it as well. And if they ever take it off, she doesn't lose it, right? Uh, I just think that there still is, you know, there are people that go out and buy movies still, you know, the super fans. And I think that those are the same people that still go out and buy a video game because they want to own that video game no matter what, even if it, you know, drops off their system. Yeah, I think, I now, still think they correlate pretty, pretty closely. Uh, yeah. And I think th- there definitely is some correlation there. I, I don't think we've seen the full impact of it yet. Because it hasn't been out long enough that games have been on there for a long time and then disappear. I think once a big, for example, when a big show 
disappears from Netflix. Like I think The Office is gone on Netflix and it's on Peacock now. That was a big deal when that happened. A lot of people were upset. And I haven't seen that yet with Game Pass. I haven't seen that large title that a lot of people were playing that just disappeared overnight. When that happens, I think maybe you'll have people looking at it and going, oh, okay, maybe... Maybe this well, they usually offer a sale on that day, though, too. They exactly. offer whenever a, a game goes off, they offer like 30 to 50 percent off so you can buy it because they usually have an agreement. And, you know, and that makes sense for the person who's selling the product or the company that's selling the product because they can get all those purchases on the way out the door. And then probably in a year, they'll add it back again to get all these people interested. Then they'll take it off for a year, offer the 30 to 50 percent discount again and keep cycling that until they just leave it on there permanently. You know, it's one yeah. way to get people to purchase the game and kind of get double sales out of the whole thing. You're making your subscription cost from whatever they're giving you for having done Game Pass. And, you know, you also get the sales. He said that transaction, referring to somebody buying a game, is bigger than subscription. Subscription is growing faster just because it's relatively new. And with Game Pass, we were one of the fast first movers in that space. But the transaction business is very large. We still sell physical discs. So he's not even referring to digital yeah. copies. And again, every 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 town Brian's got a GameStop. And if it doesn't have a GameStop, it's got a Best Buy, a Walmart, or a Target that all are littered with still physical copies of, of games. So yep. even though I think for some for for a decent chunk of people, maybe looking at Game Pass is very lucrative, but I think for a lot of other folks, getting the physical copy is still kind of what they want to do. And according to Spencer, and again, he's he's got this insight better than we do, that's still a very, very large part of their business. And I think it's supplemented with Game Pass, not in lieu of yeah. Game Pass. Yep. I think that's the key. For example, you can't buy movies on Netflix. The only yep. option is to stream. You can, There's no option to purchase. Amazon does that. You can rent and then buy or stream and then buy a movie. You can do that. Um, and maybe that's and that's kind of more what Xbox is doing than Netflix, where it's strictly yep. a streaming platform. Well, you okay, so you had mentioned GameStop. Believe it or not, there is some GameStop news. I saw this. Uh, GameStop is planning to create an NFT and crypto marketplace this <sighs> year. Dude, their stock exploded so, this week because of this. Oh, after that? Yeah. I was well, watching... and I think a lot of this ties... Sorry, one one thing really quickly the the previous article talking about purchases i think one thing that will probably save some of the the physical copy purchases is once they get to having it be like an nft your purchase of the game is some sort of something on a blockchain that shows that you own the game and then you can play it on various platforms i mean that's what will save i think physical copies or buying actual buying the game um you know i just i, just, I don't see and this makes sense for them because if this is where the market's going and people aren't buying physical copies of games, well, you got to go to what they are buying that you can offer. And I assume this is going to be a digital marketplace. I just don't know how you could sell NFT and crypto in store, but I'm sure they'll have something. Well, when this news came out, I think it was late last week, their stock jumped up to $155 a share and it's been steadily going down since still way higher than it should be for a company that is essentially siphoning money and, and realistically should be out of business. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's what they're planning. I, yep. I, here's the thing. They've got the name recognition. And by yep. the way, they renounced their 2021 earnings, Brian, 
GameStop made over five billion dollars last year. Yeah. So I mean, they're still doing it. They're still on the corners. They stayed open. Yeah. Just during a time like this is is pretty impressive. A lot of places have closed down. Yeah. So it is it is definitely impressive. Um, and they still got that name recognition, so they can do their pivot and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I don't I'm glad I don't spend multiple times a day checking the price of my GameStop stock anymore. I'm I'm glad yeah. that I'm out of that. Yeah, not to worry about it. Well, okay, so they yeah, so they've got NFTs and crypto they're going for. Let's cover a couple of things before we close out of here. There's some other NFT blockchain crypto news. Sure. Uh, first of all, high res is this is a rumor, so don't hold me to it if it does end up being wrong. But they're working on a new blockchain based game in the Smite IP, and they're calling it Cluckers. Huh. Wait, Cluckers? So that, isn't we, what is about the isn't the is birds from Realm Royale? Well, they, but that's who isn't it? Don't they make? They do. I, That's what I'm. It's, it's, they're also Realm yeah. Royale, yeah, huh? But I think so they made Realm Royale with with assets. I think from Smite, perhaps. So that okay. chicken's probably kind of mixed between the two products now. Hmm. Um, and then and now we've got Square Enix, who you know they're talking positively about blockchain and you know for play to earn and self sustaining game growth potential. Uh, Which is know, where I, I think I, it I needs really to be, play. Right? Play to earn is something that, you know, if you can make gaming profitable, that's how you make it to where people can game, especially when they're stuck at home. Well, I, I think we're looking at, I think you're looking at, I don't, are you looking at, when I look at play to earn, I'm thinking of play to get in-game things. I think that's what they're referring to. Well, instead but some of, of these things pass. are doing it with Bitcoin. You know, I mean, they're doing it, they're, the things that you're earning in-game because of whatever you're doing for the system, I... You tell me how they're making money or how this at all, but sometimes they're burning various forms, earning various forms of currency mm. that they then can spend in game. But you know what? They also can sell outside of the game things in the game for this currency and then extract it out to some sort of a Bitcoin. So I, that's really, I think, the way they're going is coming mm. up with a way because who was the first person who tried to do this? I would say it's Blizzard. Remember when they started with uh, Diablo? They created that store where you could sell in-game items. Yeah, what was um, it called? The um, well, it was Diablo, whatever. I don't remember the thing. That, but it was a Diablo. It was one of they the shut it Diablos down, left. right? Because it was a marketplace, and there was a couple of times in which they had to stop. They had to money. stop it for because there was yeah because glitches farmers, and exploits and things like that. Yeah, farmers were just gathering stuff and selling it in mass, and you know it, it was a pretty cool thing. You could make some decent money doing that. Now, how can you prevent that from being abused? Blockchain. Right. That's really what it comes down to putting something in stone of what you earn so that if you have something that's supposed to be truly valuable in a video game, then it's something that you would turn around and sell to somebody because it, it's, you know, not something you can generate and mock, you know, create and, and spam because that's what's killed a lot of things like New World. Do the amount of duping that destroyed the economy in game. People don't realize how important in, an, in a game the economy is on, on MMOs. You're starting to discover it because. Imagine if those things doubled in price, tripled in price. There's something you had to buy. Uh, you know, it's it's way out of your range now, and you're just trying to play a game. Uh, so I think I think here, that's what I get out of play to earn. I mean, they may have other things that they consider, but whatever they're doing to make it so that the person is earning something, and that's thing. It could be a NFT. It could be something that carries outside of the game with you. Whatever it is, I think that would probably make a lot of these things these things work because they want it to where if there's something that has a supposed value gotta lock it down and right now things in video games don't have a real value 
unless it's in a marketplace with a set price, like, you know, the steam marketplace with skins. True. Anything you yeah, do outside of that usually falls apart because of corruption and, you know, lack of oversight. They have to have something that's totally locked down. And I think then you could have it to where people are playing a game and you'll probably be able to make a living playing the video game, playing the system. Very true. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm all up for that. If you can make money playing a video game, do it. Even if it's repetitive, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Huh. And that then, is very interesting. Um, yeah. It's, and then Sega, of course, put in their two cents. And they said they will not proceed with NFT plans if... Now, it's funny they start sentence like, we are not moving forward. But then when you throw an if in the middle, uh, that kind of changes the possibility. If it is perceived as simple money-making. So they're going to do it is what it sounds like. But, you know, of course, <laughs> if, it so if it sounds like, and how is it, you know, it's perceived as simple money-making. Isn't everything they do simple money-making? You make a product, you sell it. Isn't, how is it any more simple money-making? NFTs seem like more complex money-making. <sighs> okay. I mean, the, simple money making is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make a product and simply here, you give me some cash, I'll give you the product. That's simple money making. You'd figure you'd want it to be considered simple money making, not dirty money making, not complex money making. I have a feeling what they're uh, not justifying what they're saying. I have a yeah, feeling <laughs> what they're might be saying. A translation error. Uh, I have, I have, I think what they're saying is they kind of see it as a scam. Or or yeah. something when they say simple money. I think they're making, waiting to see it kind of settle out. Yeah, I, I I think again, there's this notion that cryptocurrency and blockchain and Bitcoin is kind of this uh, black magic kind of thing, and it's you know it's it's being used in a shyster sense or way, which uh, there are people that are, but as a whole, the systems are not designed and built for that. And I assume yeah. that's what Seg is referring to when they say. A si perceived as simple money making. I don't think that's the. Yeah, there's. I, I don't. Think, I think they're saying well, if if you're doing it just to make money, then you know don't do it. Well, isn't that why they do everything? Correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to make money, that's the whole point of the company. That's their goal. They're saying if it's seen as just simple, it's just an odd way, and it could be that it was said in Japanese or some other language translated, and it doesn't quite come over the same to us. But I, I just thought that was a very um, odd, odd way to say it. It is an odd way to say it, and of course, I find it pretty interesting coming from Sega, who you know is essentially out of the gaming space. I mean, yes, they're still doing things, yeah. but the the but they're they're pushing. I think they're pushing to try to do some things here pretty soon because I've been seeing Sega. But news this is what the, then 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 this is what they should be jumping on and being the trendsetter. Yeah. I mean, what do they have to lose? They haven't made a console since two thousand and one with the Sega Dreamcast. Um, they yep. haven't had any big games out in the last. I mean, they've been re-releasing re a lot of the old games. You know, it's been mainly uh, even that on mobile I mean, the last, and everywhere else. The last Sonic game that came out, I believe, was Sonic 2006. It was an unmitigated disaster. The Sonic movie was. I don't know how much of an info. I don't know what kind of part they held in that, or if it was just a license deal. What does Sega have to lose? Realistically, yep. this would be something that I would think they should be trend setting on, and if it works out. They'll reap the benefits. If not, yep. they're still Sega. Who cares? Yeah. Yep. And we'll, and we'll see. I, I think there's a lot of still being flushed out in this whole market. I don't think they really know where it's going to end up. And it's a lot of, you, you start the internet, for instance, look at the internet. I remember the internet when it really became, started becoming kind of semi-public, 
you know, people started getting it a little bit. People didn't know where the inter when internet was going to go. They didn't know what it was going to be used for. There's so many things that we are outside the realm of possibility now, you know, what you thought would happen then. And I think here's the exact same thing. They're trying to somehow perceive exactly how this is going to be used and how it's going to be beneficial and what's actually going to work. You know what it takes? It takes throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Because just like the internet, there's a lot of things that have started up and failed over the years, uh, websites, technologies, everything else. But you know what? They throw the stuff at the wall, they see what sticks. So like a social media platforms right now, they're throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. The same thing with NFTs. Start making stuff that uses the technologies, see what people like. Don't get overbearing with it, but see what people like in it. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Find a use. Oh, and that's exactly they're forcing people, a use right now. They, they are forcing use, and, and that's exactly what it's going to be, Brian. It's going to take somebody like Sega or Square Enix or Ubisoft or EA to do the trial by fire, see what works, and then everybody else, same thing that we saw with the Battle Royale craze, everybody else yep. will jump on board once they find somebody finds a winning strategy. But I don't know who is going to be the first one to take that that big leap. Right now, I I think it's going to be Ubisoft based on their system that that we talked about a couple of weeks ago they seem to be the one that's kind of might be leading that trend and then i think everybody will just hop on board like everything else in the in this industry well and my and one of my biggest things is i, I still i think they're missing the mark on like the whole blockchain thing of trying to set things that could should that won't always be permanent and setting them in blockchain it's just the system is not meant for something they're using it in a way when they're using a subscription service to run the blockchain, you might as well have a server. What are you really accomplishing when one company is overseeing all of your crypto, your, your blockchain technology? Um, I, I think they're missing the point with that. They got to find where it works because they're trying to, they're like, oh, it works. Here's how it works in, you know, Bitcoin. And we're going to force, we're going to use the exact same thing over here. I think they're going to have to find out a different way of doing it because they're forcing, you know, a, 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 a square peg through a round hole. And it's just not working. It's not going to work that way. So if you're going and looking at, oh, the benefits of blockchain is this. But when you go pay one company just to do the blockchain and their internal servers and then provide you with the data, what are they giving you? All you're doing is ensuring that the blockchain company is mostly honest, you know, because it'd be difficult for them to spoof it and change it. Right. I mean, what do you but then? Why not just have them do it on their servers and just have an extra verification to quit wasting all the power doing blockchain? I don't, there's just a lot there. Like that's just the tip of the iceberg, but I think that there's a lot that they had to figure out and even figure out what parts of it do we use for in gaming and what parts, you know, what technology they got to pull out the technologies that are useful and expand on them. And then that's Agreed. when I think it'll really blossom. Agreed. Could, yeah, could not. But agree. There's one more thing, one more story I wanted to cover before we rolled out. If you're okay with that. Sure. Um, so you remember with the, um, well, take two, they, they had done the mobile port of gta right some of those gta yes. ones where they did the the enhanced version they did the renewed whatever uh, views of it uh they have now purchased zynga for 12.7 billion dollars and they said that there is a clear path to bring console and pc games to mobile i i think they realized they made they had such an issue with that that really gave them a bad look when it came to their product um I, I wonder if this is so that they, when they start releasing things to PC and mobile, they have it all internal and there's no one else to blame but themselves. Because well, Rockstar, when Take-Two did it, made them look really bad. They did. And and Zenga is 
I want to say maybe the largest one, one of, of the largest. I mean, there least, may be I, another one that possibly. I in the U.S. I would say them. they are the largest mobile game developer and publisher. Yeah. I mean, they make Farmville. That was that they were the big on the Facebook games back in the mm-hmm. early 2010s. They are a massive company. Yes, and so here I think Words for them, friends, they learned I mean, their lesson. That. I think they learned their lesson with use, you know, having a company sit here and do a port for you that doesn't really have the experience as we saw and just kind of trying to make it happen. I, th- there's a lot of sales happening in PC games right now over consoles. A lot of people are going back to PC. And I think that for them, they realized, well, consoles are up in the air. If everything's going PC, like we got to be where we actually can make a port that doesn't glitch out and look worse than the original sometimes. So I, I think here that this seems to be a follow-up to that. I'm sure they've been working on it for a while, but probably their experience of bringing those games to PC and, you know, remastering them the way they did through a mobile port. Uh, it was just a disaster, but probably because internally they didn't have the experience to do it. And you know what? Zynga does. Zynga has been doing it for over 10 years. And so $12.7 billion company, um, you know, they have Zynga has 45 days to go out and look for a better deal with a different company. Um, you know, this is the, with a go shop provision. It's not closed quite yet, but here after 45 days, we should, uh, we should see, you know, it says they bought it, but I, I they're still, I think we're on a delay for that before it's fully well, they, uh, locked down. Zang, I believe is a publicly traded company. I could be wrong on that. So I think there is a period of time. It's like a requirement which, that they have yeah, to be open to, to some, get other like offers. Per, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's happening. And, We'll see. We'll see if uh, if a lot of the because they have got a lot of games, you know, under their umbrella, and uh, they're and big. It'd be kind of cool to see some of those go mobile. And it's important to note their big money maker at Zanga is microtransactions. If not yes. all, almost all, ninety nine percent of their archive over at Zanga are free games that make money with yep. advertising and microtransactions. And for people to say, "Oh, that's not a big business." Zanga made two billion dollars last year doing that. So well, and they do they do a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. So like mobile games, like a star. They have major names: uh, Harry Potter, Star Wars. They still have Farmville, but it's on version three. They got Tomb Blast. I mean, they got a lot of different, Wars with Friends. That's them. Yeah, Wars with Friends. They've got a ton. So I think this is really. And then if you can get to where Grand Theft Auto is properly released, I, I have a feeling that they're going to fix that later. And I think that has. It. I think a lot of that has been resolved. Yeah, but I, I still have a feeling that eventually they'll probably keep polishing that in the background. With this oh, for division. sure, absolutely. Um, you know, and then Borderlands, uh, the their NBA game. They got so many that could work out variations of it in mobile and. You know, if they couldn't make a good mobile game, they, no one, you know, when you get into a game that's not programmed well with mobile, yeah, <laughs> you know right away, just things don't Definitely. work right. So I think here they they they, re, they learned from how bad they looked with the previous port, and uh, hopefully this gets it to where we get some cool new games out of out of them. Absolutely. All right, unless uh, Rust has sold over twelve million copies now for people that are following nice. still going strong so i uh, thought i'd throw that in there but i think that's oh and uh pub is now free to play it's it's finally happened to where it's so if you have never somehow never owned a copy of PUBG, you could go and download a copy on steam now and, and start playing or even on console excellent 
there are, there are some things we didn't cover. Uh, we'll talk more about China next week. Some interesting some things coming stuff. out of China with some of their yeah. their recent lockdowns of rules. Uh, we did have I have some video of the Fortnite tornado that we can show next week. I know you're looking forward to that actually in play, um, and then some other some other random news. So, if are ready to roll on out. Yeah, I think so. What? Uh, where can people find you right, on cool. the internet, Brian? All right, if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab Parlor and Getter, uh, and of course my blog ByteOfTech.com. But most importantly, go to our website InfectionPodcast.com. Go to the right hand side and join our server on Discord. If you do that, you uh, you you can subscribe to our news channel uh, and give topics that you think we should be covering. If there's something that uh, we talk about that maybe we've missed, or maybe there's a game that we're not even covering that you think is really relevant to what we talk about. Submit a link into the news channel and we cover those. Uh, we also got a workout channel, a lot of ARC servers, a lot of stuff going on over there. Um, also, if you uh, if you go to the website, lower right-hand side, we've got all of the um, audio options that you can listen to. Um, and then if you are listening, I encourage you just to go and, uh, and follow along with that particular episode. Uh, if you do that, we have links for videos, articles, everything that we refer to throughout the video and the audio form of the podcast. We have links to that. Uh, in our show notes and we do have a light, uh, youtube video player and an audio player embedded in there as well if you just want to pull up the page and listen uh, if you want to support us there's infectionpodcast.com forward slash support we also have the support tab up top and you know you heard a couple of uh, prime gaming subs and got subscribe star and other ways that you can support the show so thank yes you very much. absolutely i want to thank our friend before we get out of here green man cartoons for getting us up with the resubscription here during the program thank you very much green man and hopefully like 45 we'll, months or something crazy 47 and uh 47 we'll, wow hopefully we'll see green man uh coming up at a convention uh hopefully sooner rather once than they let him back later. into the states yeah well and as long as that guy at pc gamer doesn't get his way all right brian uh thank you very much as always appreciate it and we will see you next week for seven count them seven, seven years. full years of doing wow. the show pretty pretty remarkable so thanks brian we'll catch yeah. up with you next week sounds good talk to you soon Alrighty, folks. Well, uh, my name is Nick Craig. Um, you can check me out at uh, nickcraig.net for my social media stuff and nickcraig.com for my daily, daily political antics and rantings at the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. Of course, if you missed any portion of the show, you can head on over to our website. It's infectionpodcast.com where you can find links, articles, show notes, videos, and all of that fun stuff. Have a great week. We will see you next time.